Welcome to the Cattle Call podcast. Today we are again with Dr. Fernanda Ferreira to talk about a research call. Fernanda is going to talk about a project that she's conducting here in California that's understanding the use of beef semen in dairy herds. And that's a product that she has been developing for the last couple of years. So let's go ahead and call Fernanda to, to join our call. Hello, Fernanda. Hi, Pedro. How are you? I am doing very well. What about you? Great, great. Is it a good time for a call? Sure, it's always a good time for a cattle call. Great. Fernanda, first, was a very nice for, for our listeners who didn't listen to our last call. It was very nice to understand more about your career. And you briefly mentioned about this project that we are going to be talking today. So can you tell what is the project and how did you came up with the idea? Sure. As you mentioned, we're calling this project Understanding the Use of Beef Semen in Dairy Herd. And it's a very broad topic because when we started this project, this project started with uh, from a demand from Bilverbud from Agritech. Agritech is the processing center for the dairy herd improvement records here in, in California. And we were having a very good conversation. And he mentioned, he said, well, I've been noticing that the number of breedings with beef semen, this number has been increasing. And I'd like to understand better what are the breeds that farmers are using, who are the cows, and who's receiving the semen. Is there any difference across the state? And during my PhD, I had the opportunity to work a lot with the HI data, so I was pretty comfortable working with this big data. I got that, and that's how the project started, looking at understanding, or I would say describing the use of beef semen in dairy herds in California in the past few years. That's great. So let me try to understand a little bit better. You are work with a data set that was produced produced by the producers, but is there anything else that you are doing that you did to try to understand that? Yeah. So the first thing we did was to look into, to kind of dig into this data set. And as I said, understand when the increase in use of beef semen started. You know, trying to understand what were the market conditions then? You know, who is receiving this beef semen? What are the breedings? Are there characteristics of dairies that are using more or less this beef semen? That was possible to document. We were able to document that by looking at the DHI data set. Then we decided to understand the perspectives of the dairy farmers across California. So what we did, we mailed a survey. It was a cross-sectional study in the beginning of 2020, trying to understand their perspectives on the use of beef on dairy especially looking into the future. Then that was the second part of the project. Then we also had the opportunity to discuss a lot with a veterinarian. He works for a large Jersey dairy in Texas. And one of the things that we he was very curious to know about was if it was economically feasible to use pure Angus uh, embers in some of the Jersey cows and looking to the economics of that. So that was the third part of this project to develop, I wouldn't say develop because we actually um, adapted a previously developed economic model that I worked with Dr. Albert DeVries, University of Florida for my PhD. And then the last part of this project was really trying to understand how the initial life of these crossbred calves we will affect their performance. And for this project, we are focusing on the pre-weaning period, but I think there's an opportunity to follow these animals all the way to the slaughter and try to understand how the conditions that these animals arrive in terms of transfer of passive immunity, how it impacts 
the performance of these animals later on. Great, that's a lot of information, I assume, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that you're generating. And it's very good because it's you're integrating a system that it is the dairy farmer, but also at the end of the day, that's uh, information that will be useful for the feedlot producer as well, because it's a demand generated by the feedlot producer that's impacting the dairy farmer as well. Is that, is that right? Yeah, so what we believe is that there are opportunities for, for gaining in both sides, you know, there are opportunities for the dairy farm to make, to profit from that, but also it's important in, to, to guarantee the sustainability of the, what we're calling the new profit center. It's also important to make sure that the, the, the beef chain is happy with the product that's being supplied to them. So I think there are opportunities on both sides and more than ever, they need to, to work closer to maximize this economic opportunity. Totally agree with that. I think on, on the feedlot side, we have to understand better how these dairy beef crops that are coming to our industry performing the feedlot, what are the benefits of using it or not. But that's very good. So one question, what are the biggest challenges? You worked a lot with data, you did a survey, you were doing animal trial as well. What were the biggest or that you have seen the biggest challenge that you were having while conducting this project? So from the data side of things, I think there are some dairy farmers that because, uh, because the, the, the semen used is a beef semen, some of them do not record, not even record that breeding. And that's important for us to understand and, and have that information because for the economics of the dairy, having the, wait, let me go back here. So I think the biggest challenge from the data side is making sure that we have the breedings recorded correctly. A lot of farmers do not record the breedings that are done using beef semen because they just think, oh, it's not important. I don't care. I'm not going to retain that debt calf. It doesn't matter if it's female or male, that calf is going to the beef chain. And that is a problem because for the dairy farmers, an important component when they're choosing which beef semen to use is actually conception, beef conception rate. We have to make sure that despite the fact that you're going to not use that calf at all into your system, your cows have to get pregnant because days open are expensive. So we have to have those records because if we want to make sure that we have good beef bulls available to be bred, you know, to, to be used in our dairy cows, we have to, to have the records, the right records for that. I think that's one of the challenges from the data side. From the field side, and here I'm going to talk specifically about the young calf side, you know, the newborn calf. We know that heifers, the dairy heifers, they receive the better management, the better colostrum in a dairy farm. And there are lots of literature documenting that in the U.S. However, we know that this early life management impacts, you know, the future development of these animals in the case of dairy milk production, reproduction, survivability, etc. We believe that this is also true for the crossbred calves. And I think it's a challenge because we have to make sure that now there is a shift in management of the calves that are not going to be retained by the dairy system. We have to make sure that these calves are also well managed when they're born. But also there is an opportunity maybe for these dairy farmers to capture more value because these, these calves are being 
well managed. So I think that's a challenge, but also an opportunity. Do you see different management between the Crossfed and the Pure Bear hosting Mayo camps? Have you seen anything on that so far? Or do you think they, they, their farmers usually manage them similarly? Yeah, I cannot generalize. I think there are farmers doing a better job because they either sell those calves and receive a small premium if those calves have good level of total seroprotein. Sometimes the calf range evaluates that, so they see a value in that, but sometimes they retain that calf. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that are going to raise 400 pounds or sometimes all the way to slaughter. But I think that overall, we still have a big challenge in in managing calves that are not going to be retained by the dairy system. They're not heifers. Regardless of being crossbred or purebred hostings, the male, let's say, they don't take care as well as, as the female, right? Yeah, there is a perception that there is a cost associated to that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm going to use, some, use my better colostrum or I'm going to, you know, rush to give the colostrum as fast as possible after those calves are born. And that calf um, does not provide me with a whole lot of value, which traditionally has been true. However, these crossbred calves, they offer a great opportunity in terms of financial or economic, in terms of profits to the dairy farmer. So I think there is this need of shift in mentality mm -hmm. that we need. It's our job also to, to show them the numbers and to slowly change that perception. That's great that you're trying to look at the numbers to go back to the producer and show them. For, for all of us, when we cannot see the benefits, it's hard to go ahead and do the, the management practices that we have to do. Definitely. Fernanda, now is the, I'm curious to, to learn what are the most common breeds that they are using? What are like on all of this data set, what are the biggest findings that you have so far from this? A lot of work that you're doing. What are the most common breed? What are the types of cows that the producers are usually disseminating with beef breeds? So can you share that information with us? Sure. So by far, the most common breed used is Angus in both breeds, both in Jersey and Holstein. Holstein herds, I would say that the vast majority of Angus is using Angus. A little bit uses Wagyu. Mm -hmm. There are some farmers that raise those crossbreds and sell them as special meats. There's one very good here in Tulare that I had the pleasure to eat. The meat is wonderful. But I would say that for Holstein cows, by far, Angus is the most used breed. For Jersey cows, there is a, a greater variability. First one is Angus, but we also see Limousin, Charolais, there are other, other breeds being used, I think, in an attempt to find the best crossbred that will fit the needs of the beef market in terms of, you know, size, feed conversion, weight gain, and marbling. Good. I think there is a huge opportunity for research on that, and, and we have to explore this. Yes. So while taking the decision to, let's say, talk about specifically about angles, are the dairy producers looking on genomics or something, or they are just usually using the cheapest angle seeming bull that they have, or uh, the calf range usually requires specific bull? What are the decisions that the dairy farms have to take while deciding which bull to use? Uh, Pedro, when we did our survey here in California, the most common response, we asked that question to the farmers, and the most common response was, we are breeding with whatever our calf range tells us to breed. So whatever semen 
They tell us to breathe, we use. That was the most common. The second most common, almost actually maybe the same percentage, I don't, don't remember the numbers here, but I would say about 30% said that they, they look at semen price. So the cheapest beef semen that they can find, they use. The third answer was kind of a combination between these factors, but they're also concerned about calving ease, which is which may be a concern. But I think it's important to mention here, as we, we already discussed, that the dairy producers, they have, yes, to be concerned about the reproductive performance of the semen. That's a, a critical point for them. Also, calving ease. We don't want to have trouble when these cows are going to calve, specific, especially for Jersey cows. There's smaller cows. We have to think about that. And we also have to understand that this product has a greater value. And the industry that is valuing this product is the, this product is the beef industry. So we have to provide something that is interesting to the beef industry as well. So may, there are a lot of these companies, ABS, Alta, you know, all these, these other companies, they have the beef on dairy program where they are already doing a great job trying to evaluate which of their beef bulls are the better ones to be bred with dairy cows because then they can take into consideration all these things that we're talking about. And another thing that it's important to mention is that the majority of producers, they use dairy sexed semen in their heifers, which makes sense because they, are, they have the better reproductive performance. They also using first and sometimes second breedings of their first and second lactating cows. And then it varies the pro proportion of all the other breedings that will receive beef semen or conventional semen. The important thing here is that if you are a dairy that has a very good reproductive performance, for sure you have much more opportunities to capture economic value out of these strategies. And with the current market conditions, the, the use of beef semen is, is definitely warranted. That's very good. That you actually already answered my my next question. That was in which cows those producers were using beef semen. Usually, second lactation or not on heifers for sure, but second breedings, third breedings. Is that correct? Yeah. Sometimes some heifers, if they repeat a lot, they're in the fourth or fifth breeding. Sometimes they will try. We saw that when we look at the HI records as well. And some producers also use genomics. They have the genomic information of their cows. So they kind of cherry and peak. They look at the cows that have the highest, for instance, dollars net merit. And these are the ones that are going to receive the sexed semen. And then based on their planning in terms of number of heifers that they need, then they're going to split the other breedings between whatever type of semen that they decide to use, if it's either beef semen or conventional dairy semen. One of the things I asked what you were doing before asking why, why we saw this increase in the use of beef semen when that happened? Are there specific reasons for that's happening right now or, or, or not? Yeah, it's a combination of factors. Uh, so the use of beef on dairy is not a new strategy. It's been used, a lot of farmers have been used for more than six years, even more than that. You know, sometimes they, the cows don't get pregnant. Sometimes they just put them with a bull, with a beef bull in their dairies. And whatever is born out of that, they're going to raise and sell as beef. 
sometimes they raise their own animals. Some of them already have this system of raising the crossbreds and selling them as, as a specialty beef. It, it's not new. The increase in the use is a combination, as I said, of factors. Then these factors being, well, one, increased reproductive performance. Overall, the dairies are doing a good job. Of course, there's always room for improvement, but overall, they're doing a good job in terms of reproductive management. The second thing is very low market prices of both male bull calves, dairy bull calves, and heifers. The third reason is that raising a heifer all the way to the first calving is very expensive. So you can imagine, even if a farmer is not using sexed semen, which they have been using for a lot of other reasons, you can decrease the genetic lag of your herd, you can gain genetic improvement faster. For your heifer is a great thing. Because sexed semen heifers are smaller, you decrease the, the problems that you may have at calving, especially in your heifers. It's economically interesting because heifers have a good reproductive performance, so they're ready and good to go with the, the sexed semen. At some point, we saw farmers with a lot of replacement heifers. Now, what, what do you do? You have two options. You either sell them or you keep them. But to keep them to replace your herd, you have to make room in your herd. And what they do is to increase the cool rate. And there's very interesting economic analysis from Albert de Vries in Florida showing that it's not economically feasible to increase your cool rate a whole lot to make room for new heifers, even though they have a higher net merit than your cows. And so imagine all this together. Now I have all these lots of young heifers. It's not worth selling them because I'm going to lose money. I spend a lot of money to raise them and I don't want to sell because they're worth nothing. Just for you to have an idea, today to raise a heifer up to first calving, we're talking about around $2,000, a little bit over than that. And in California, the market price for our Springer is $1,100. So it's, it's insane. Yeah. So the, then the farmers, well, that's a good opportunity. The, the market for beef has been increasing because there's this increase in the demand for beef, good prices, and that was just a combination of factors. And that's something that we learned in our previous podcast, even like with Brooke. There's not a single thing that's affecting an answer. You need to step back, look at the whole system and, and understand that yeah. a lot of things going on to solve a problem. Definitely. That's very interesting. The information that you brought that sometimes, or you mentioned the, the research, that's not uh, feasible to replace or to increase your cool rate, yeah. to replace uh, all of your cows with, with young heifers. That's very mm -hmm. interesting. And, and I agree that this high cost of, of raising a dairy heifer affect a lot the increase in beef semen. Also, the reproduction trades and the increase in genetics. But that's very, very good. I think that gives a lot of information to our producers. I think while taking the decision to use a crossbred, every single day we are learning that's not only the cheapest semen, the beef semen that we should be using. Yes. We mentioned a lot of things that we should take in consideration. And I hope the producers, the dairy producers, are taking that while they are deciding to use a beef semen on our. Very good, friend. I think we cover a lot of this research, a lot of information the dairy beef crossbreds. I think there's a lot to be done. Yes. I'm glad that you are doing that. I hope I can be developing some research on, on the finishing system as well in the near future. Is there any final message, any take-home message that you would like that our listeners should take with them about the dairy beef crossbreds male caps? Yeah, so I think one of the questions that producers always ask is, 
until when these prices are going to be high. Because one thing that I did not mention, but we are doing all this economic analysis, the economic feasibility of using more or less beef semen is actually a combination of the market price, the heifer market price, the premium received by the crossbred calf, and the price of semen. So I think that producers, now it's a good time definitely to use beef semen in their herds, but producers should constantly be evaluating these market conditions. And we are more than happy to help producers to do that analysis. As I said, we're working with, with veterinarian from a, a large dairy in Texas, looking at these questions. And I think that's the point. We And also trying to understand the needs of the beef industry to make sure that this market will continue. It's a very good profit center for, for dairy farmers. I agree with you, Fernando. And I think that led me to one, one last question that I think you already answered, but I just want to make sure that our listener understood correct. Do you think this is just a wave, a cycle, or that came to stay? Considering all of those factors that you just mentioned, if we address them well, is that something that came to stay? I've talked with a couple of producers and they often mention, we've heard about this dairy on beef before, that happened before, that's just something that's coming and, and going to go in a couple of years. Do you think that came to stay? That's a thing that we now have technologies to understand that better. And that's something that we, we are going to continuously see the dairy before. I think so, for a variety of reasons. I don't think the use of sexed semen is going to back up. I think that's going to, to be here. Of course, the, as I said, the decision to do this is based on a series of market conditions. If at some point, you know, the beef market goes down and this calves no longer has a, have any value, producers may think, depending on, for instance, the reproductive performance of the beef semen that they're using, it's not worth doing that anymore, or if there's a spike in the price of heifers. Under current market conditions, we don't think it's it's probable. We think that if, we're, if the dairy producers are able to supply beef markets with a good product, because there's another, that's another point. In 2017, if I'm not wrong, Tyson Foods stopped buying Holstein uh, steers. So, you know, it's, it's like they just said, we don't want this product anymore. So I think it's, my SOB depends. Uh-huh, always, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's always it depends. Yes. And it will vary farm by farm. Mm -hmm. If you are in a farm that has, if you are a farmer that has very good reaper performance, you maybe be ahead in terms of flexibility of what you can do. If you don't have that of a good reproductive performance, you're much more limited. Mm -hmm. And maybe a small change, you have to go back to, you know, to your previous system. But if I had to bet, I would bet that this would definitely continue. I agree with you, and I think the. The dairy industry already has a really important role on the beef supply of the United States. About 20%, considering cool cows and everything, of our beef production comes from the dairy herd. And if we understand and use, keep using this technology, this potential only tends to, to increase or, or at least get more efficient by the use of, of cross-fed animals. But that's very Definitely. good, Fernanda. Now again, is there any final message? And what is next? What are you planning to do in the future? I think that the next uh, step is to crunch the information, the data from the field project that Jessica, my PhD student, is, is doing now. It's a project that we are we're working together on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing some economic analysis. Because another opportunity is, what if 
the dairy farmers raise some of these calves up, for instance, to 400 pounds. What are the gains? What are the opportunities? What are the challenges and the risks? So I think that's the, the next step is to try to understand a little bit more about the economics of that too. Perfect. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Jessica is doing a phenomenal work uh, in your lab and we will hear about her work in the near future. But yeah, thank you very much, Fernanda. I appreciate mm-hmm. you, you uh, being with us this other call. I'm sure we learned a lot in these two episodes that you were here with us. I learned I learned a lot. Like you said in the, in the previous episode, learning is, is a continuous process. But thank you very much. It's, it's always uh, good to, to talk with you, to call you. And I, I hope you, you enjoyed that as well. Yes, thank you. I really like to share that information. I think it's a good opportunity for us to, to share with the, the world, with the cattle world, what we are doing. And as always, I'm available for whoever wants to contact me or ask questions. As I said in the other episode, I may not know, but we we call friends and we call colleagues and we, we find out a way to get to the answer. Perfect. We will leave in the description of the episode Fernanda's email, uh, also her Instagram and how to follow Fernanda's work on social media. So if you want to contact Fernanda and, and know more about the crossbred uh, beef steers, uh, please do that. And I'm sure she will be more than welcome. I, I'm also uh, more than welcome to help if you guys have any questions. If you have comments about our podcast, suggestions, feedback, please send an email to kettlecallucd at gmail.com you'll be more than glad to help thank you Fernanda very much for your your being here today again and I just want to ask a final question is it a good time for a call? always a good time for a cattle call thank you Fernanda bye bye thank you Pedro